When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Andrew Muscafier joined by Aaron Stokes for an additional episode of the Everything Is Black and White podcast. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast app, please hit that follow button and leave us a rating and review. It is a fixture release day, so we now know who Newcastle are going to be facing on the opening day of the 2023-24 campaign. If you don't know already, it is Aston Villa at home. And we will get on to Newcastle's tough start in just a moment. But we're going to start with some transfer news and the big news of the past 24 hours. And that is Newcastle United's interest in the Inter Milan midfielder Nicolo Borella, the man who started the Champions League final, a really big elite player. And we know Newcastle United are in the market for elite players. Eddie Howe has been very clear about that. What's your latest understanding in the interest for Nicolo Borella? Yeah, it was a it was a move that sort of came out of the blue um, late on Wednesday. Obviously reported um, by a couple of outlets. You know, we've checked it out, and um, it looks like there is interest from Newcastle United side. Very very early days. Um, I don't think you know there's any deal close yet, and I think it'll take a lot of persuading both into Milan and the player um, to jump ship. But certainly, um, it's a fantastic statement of intent. If you know, if we were sort of a bit unsure as to which players Newcastle United would target this summer, I think we've been given a very big glimpse behind the curtain at the type of player that they're trying to bring in, um, and sort of all this debate we've been having about whether it'll be five or six sort of, you know, players to bring in to our depth. I think it will be you know two or three big big names. Um, and look, Barella would be, you know, arguably one of the biggest, biggest that they could get as well. He would probably be the biggest signing of the the new era. You know, a massive player uh, held in such high regard across Europe. But if you speak to those kind of over in Italy, they think fifty million pounds is going to get you one leg of Barella, not the not the full body, because he's he's rated that highly. Now we saw this, didn't we, previously with the likes of. Isaac and Botman and, and and Bruno to a certain extent, where media from those respective cu- countries, from where they're joining from or potentially joining from, play it down. Uh, always likely that you were going to get reports from Italy playing this one down. But you know, Newcastle United like to drive a hard bargain. They know they need to improve the position which Borella plays in. I mean, this has got legs, hasn't it? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think. Um... As you say, the Italian men are very, very quick to play that down into Milan, you know, very quick themselves to internally say that, you know, nothing's advanced. They haven't really agreed a fee that, you know, there's no agreement made with the player. Um, I think which is a big thing as well, given that, you know, he didn't start his career at Inter Milan, but he's a boyhood Inter Milan fan. Um, You know, he's spoken a lot of times about it being his dream to, you know, hopefully win the title with this team. Um. So, yeah, look, it, it, it would be a big move. I think, you know, this is no disrespect to Isaac or Botman or Bruno, but it would certainly be the biggest move, as you say, of the new era. Um, You know, not just a sort of player who's been impressed in Europe. This is a player who's started in the Champions League final. 
um, a player who you know starts week in week out for Italy, or sorry, you know whenever Italy play, um, you know played in the European Championship final. It's a it's a huge name, you know, very very attractive player. Twenty six years of age, he can play in a number of midfield roles. I think the only sticking point is you know Arnie Castle at that stage in their journey where they can attract someone like Barella and two, you know, can they persuade him to maybe jump ship at a club that, that he absolutely loves? Yeah, I mean, that is the, the the big question. And Italy do play this evening, so I haven't checked the squads, but I'm assuming he's in that squad and likely to, to start. So whatever channel that uh, game is on tonight against Sweden, I'm assuming that if they uh, looked at where the, 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 the TV viewing figures were from, you'd probably find half them on Tyneside looking at hopefully their next edition. But yeah, we've got Steve here saying, seeing ambition at least, even if it doesn't come off. We've got Johnny saying, a massive player, he's only five foot eight. I meant massive in terms of uh, his status in the game, Johnny, but very good there. Uh, Stephen says, keep up the good work. I don't know if he's talking about us on Newcastle United, but we'll take it. Thank you very much, Stephen. Um, and Brian says, I like the fact that they're coming up with possibilities that haven't been touted for us previously. And, and yeah, I mean, look, previously, you know, it, it, it's always been the same pool, hasn't it? It's always been the same kind of names. And we always talk about how they, they, they like this list they've got. They don't get them. We'll come back in for them. You know, Botman, they're going to do the same with Madison, it looks like. But this is a name that has relatively come out of the blue, isn't it? And it, 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 it will excite Newcastle United fans. Yeah, it, it certainly has come out of the blue, and, and I, I do have to maybe wonder as to why that is. I think um, it probably won't help Newcastle's cause, you know, that it's out there now and that they're potentially trying to sign for £50 million. I'm sure you're going to get other Premier League teams all of a sudden, you know, contacting into Milan to see if a deal's possible. Um, but I think Steve, you know, hits the nail on the head in the comments there. The fact that they're showing this type of ambition to try and sign a player of that stature at this stage of their, you know, sort of revolution, it would be huge. And look, whether they even get her or not, you know, just the fact that they're being all of a sudden linked with these type of players is a huge, huge positive. Um, I think one thing I noticed last night is that there was obviously a lot of shock and a lot of surprise and, you know, a lot of excitement over a name of this quality. And I think it's maybe just reaffirmed that Eddie Howe was being serious when he said he wanted to sign elite players this summer and players that are going to, you know, bolster and improve this starting eleven. Um and look, whether it's Barella or not, I think they're gonna they're gonna surprise a lot of people this summer. Now his agent, Barella's agent, has come out and said that there have been no talks, but then you think he's hardly likely to come out and say yes, there've been extensive talks. This is just the way transfers work, you know. Um and like you say, there may be other agendas at at, at play here. What do you think though when the talks potentially do happen. What has he been sold? What has he been sold by Steve Nixon or by Dan Ashworth, Eddie Howe? What has he been sold to join Newcastle United? Because moving from Inter Milan, one of the biggest clubs in Italy, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, obviously Champions League final, to Newcastle United, who, yes, have qualified for the Champions League. Yes, if you're on Tyneside, it's all you think about you know, every single hour of the day. But outside of Tyneside, you know, they're not in that kind of elite group. Yes, they qualify for the Champions League, but will they manage to do that again next season? They're fighting on four fronts. It's going to be difficult. Can't guarantee they are going to qualify for the Champions League again. So what have they been what what has he been told? What has he been sold to join Newcastle United, do you think? Look, I think 
the it's probably been pointed to the fact that the likes of Kieran Trippier and, and other players have jumped ship from you know arguably bigger clubs and look at the you know the name that they've made for themselves here. I think they'll be, he'll have been sold that it is a you know he's probably getting in it not the ground floor but at a very very low level of what it's going to be an exciting journey. Obviously, the fact that they're going to be playing Champions League football next season is a huge pull for any player you know let alone someone like Barella. Um, and look, they're becoming a they're becoming a huge name now, not just in Italy but across the globe. Um, and I think players know that. I don't think they'll need too much selling anymore. Whereas back in the day, five ten years ago, you probably need to sell it as right. This is a stepping stone over you know an Arsenal or a Manchester United. You know deals that we probably saw with that with like Debussy and Kabai where they came and you know they knew they weren't going to stay. Whereas now, Newcastle probably don't need to sell it as much as they used to. Um, and yeah, look, as, as Steve says again in the comments, you would be joining one of the biggest teams in the world. Maybe not yet, but certainly in a couple of years, you know, you, you'll have got in at the ground floor of what's going to be a, a very, very exciting time. Yeah, Steve says the project, join, will, join what will be one of the biggest teams in the world. And another Steve, and we've got an absolute group of Stevens in the comments today. Uh, Smokescreen for the big fish lads. He'd be class, but we need to play in the Champions League every season to get players like him. And that was the point that I was making. You know, if you're going to, sign these elite players then you're probably gonna have to sell them something really special when you haven't got the guarantee of playing in the champions league week in week out but of course as aaron says there the fact you've got champions league for the next season might be a big enough draw for them in the first place um to kind of phrase says greg's pasties someone will inevitably inevitably say show them the bridges i'm waiting for that comment to come in yes if you are watching nicolo we've got a fantastic set of bridges down on the quayside just come and join just for that. It'd be brilliant. Um, any other transfer news that's that's catching your eye? I mean, we've seen a bid go in for Declan Rice from Arsenal. It's been rejected. Obviously, the window opened on Wednesday, which was yesterday. So we are assuming things will start to slowly ramp up. We've seen Newcastle already confirm the signing of uh, uh, Minter, who's gone on loan at Feyenoord. But anything else that's catching your eye? Anything that you're expecting to, to, to see happening in the next kind of few days? Um, look, I think, you know, there's there's a couple of main ones. I think James Madison obviously keeps rumbling on. The interest is definitely hotting up there. I think it certainly won't be a negative thing that the likes of Kieran Trippier and Callum Wilson are probably having a slight little word in his ear um, about a potential move to Newcastle. Obviously, with England playing for the, you know, later this week and, and next week, there, there probably won't be any progress on that in the immediate future. One, you know, story that we've got up on Chronicle Live this morning is the fact that Newcastle have been offered or they will be offered the chance to sign Dejan Kulusevski. Um, who obviously played for Tottenham the last season on loan. Tottenham yet to uh, extend you know, his deal and, and make it permanent, which could provide a really good opportunity for Newcastle United if the player's interested. Um, obviously, Spurs struggled towards the back end of last season, but he was very, very good in that front three with Kane and Son. So I think that's one to definitely watch. Um, as you mentioned, obviously, Declan Rice there, um, Arsenal's first bid being turned down. We've obviously spoke about it, you know, in the pod and, and on the Chronicle website recently, but it looks like that one probably won't be a goer. Obviously, the wages and the transfer uh, fee are going to be very, very high for that one. But the window opened yesterday and I suspect they'll be very, very busy in the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, Madison's the big one to keep an eye on. We know Newcastle, I really like him and we'll look to bring him to St. James's Park. And you mentioned they're being offered other players. And I guess that's one thing to really a marker for how far Newcastle United have come. You know, the fact that it wasn't too long ago they couldn't even get Hamza Chowdhury over the line and now they've been offered, you know, world-class players like 
uh, Lucas Moura uh, and other players like that, players who are, you know, very good players and, and players and agents want to push them towards Newcastle. Yes, you know, because they think they might get paid a lot of money, but also because of the ambition and, of course, Champions League football. Oh, absolutely. I, I can imagine Dan Ashworth's phone is, is ringing off the hoop with agents trying to offload their products onto them. Um, as you mentioned there, some fantastic players out of contract this summer, which Newcastle should probably you know, be having a look for just to try and save themselves in that transfer kitty. But yeah, I can imagine there's going to be a lot of European players that are maybe pushing for a new move. And all of a sudden, two years ago, Newcastle weren't even on the agenda. And now, you never know. Um, but certainly Dan Ashworth's going to have to probably try and weed out which of the players are just being pushed for a payday and which of them are going to actually improve Eddie Howe's first team. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge, which I'm sure he will relish. Um, Liam Swan says, if we don't get James Madison, would you look at him at Triori? Now, I, funnily enough, I did think about this last week. He came up in one of those kind of highlight reels. My first instinct is to say no, because we spend enough time talking about one inconsistent winger on, on the left, and that's answer maximum. Do we want to sign another inconsistent winger? Um I don't think so. No, and I think he would cost a lot of money as well. No, uh, he's not for me. He's, he's a very, very quick player. I love the fact that he bail bails uh, his arms every week, but I just think, yeah, he, one, he doesn't play in the same position as Madison. I think two, you know, they're, they're pretty much stocked out wide unless, and I don't think Donald Troyer walks into that first team um, and he's just a little bit too inconsistent and doesn't really have an end product for me. Darren says, hoping you get Madison over the line, he would add something different to the squad. Graham says, are the club playing the long game or is Eddie wanting players in it for pre-season? Realistically, though, how many do you think we'll have before the US tour? Uh, interesting question. I, I think they want to get their business done as early as possible because he wants the, the players to get settled into the squad. You'd ideally want them to be with you before you get off to the United States to help that team build in and that spirit. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of players are on international duty. Um, but if they have to wait until the end of the window to get the players in, that's what they'll have to do. But I think in an ideal world, you'd have them signed in the first couple of weeks of the window, but we know it doesn't always work like that. We we saw last summer really both sides of the coin in the sense that before June had even ended, they had Nick Pope, Sven Botman and Matt Targa already into the club, ready for the Austria pre-season training uh, camp. But then also Callum Wilson gets an injury in August and all of a sudden towards the back end of the window, you know, they can sort of find some money that they didn't previously think was available and, and go out and spend £58 million on Alexander Isaac. So I think in an ideal world, Eddie Howe will want two or three bodies in before they fly out to America next month. But also, you know, don't be alarmed if it drags on towards the end of the window. And like you say, anything can happen. With the season starting on the 12th of August, you know, there's plenty of time for players to get injured or, or whatever before, uh, before the, the window closes. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is that they've got a plan and they're very good at having a plan. And it's not like previously where they would get to the window and actually be scrapping around for some someone. You know, they, they, they know what they're doing. They'll have backups, they'll have B-lists and C-lists of quality players. So uh, I don't think you need to be fretting if um, things don't happen straight away. Uh, we've got loads of people in the comments here. Graham does not want Triore. No, 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 he shouts. Barry says, Nonto looks promising at Leeds. Graham then says, Nonto, yes, please. I mean, Nonto's going to have, I mean, an, an Italian teammate of the chap behind me on the green screen, of course, Barella. Um, you know, he's a very, very exciting player. Questions whether the, the attitude was there towards the end of 
Leeds's uh, Premier League season, which ended in relegation. I mean, he would be a very, very exciting player to, to bring in, but he's going to have lots of suitors, isn't he? And, and ironically, I think the feeling is that he'll probably end up at Inter Milan, funnily enough. Yeah, it's it's funny. There's been lots of relegated players linked with Newcastle United in recent weeks, and I'm really surprised that you know Willie Ganonto isn't one of them. Um, fantastic talent, had some really really bright moments last season. He was one of the bright sparks in you know pretty dismal season for Leeds. Um, and look, they signed him for three million. They're probably going to get a lot more than him, uh, more than that when they sell him eventually. But I still think there'd probably be quite a decent deal there um, if he decides not to go back to Italy. Darren says Barella and Madison would be good business with two more players. And after these, we've got Darren saying Harrison from Leeds. Of course, he was strongly linked to Newcastle back in January. Uh, Billy says Dembele, who I think is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken, at the moment. Um, Aidan says for left backs, I'm not completely sold on Tini. Would you prefer someone like DeMarco from Inter? Would you take him? And do you think he would fit our system? Don't know, I, haven't, I haven't seen much of DeMarco. I mean, Tini is clearly the one they like little bit of concern over the injury record but again you know we suspect we'll probably know more about Newcastle's interest in that within the next couple of weeks because at the moment we believe he is that number one target in that left back position and we suspect that you know we'll either know whether that's on or off and if it's not then we'll see them move on to, to other left back targets yeah look I, I wrote a piece on it last week on, on the left backs and um as far as I've been told, they're very, very confident that Kieran Cheney a deal will happen. Arsenal, you know, adamant they they want to get top dollar for him. Add a number of other players that they're going to have to sell in the next couple of weeks. Um, Demarco Inter is a very good option. You know, he, he's also an Italian international. Would be very, very good for me personally. I, I wouldn't also mind them going back in for Renard Lodi. I know they missed out last summer. Um, he I thought was very, very good at Forest last season. It doesn't look like they're going to keep him um, on a permanent deal. So it looks like he will be leaving Atletico. Um, so yeah, look, there's options. Graham again makes a good point in the comments here that Inter Milan are, are uh, you know, needing money. It looks like uh, a lot of players are going to be sold this summer to try and balance the books. There's probably going to be options there, whether it's Barella or Brozovic or, or DeMarco or a number of players. Yeah, really, you could you could see Newcastle going in for. Martinez, brilliant striker. Um, yeah, and I, I tell you, left back, this is just my opinion, but Rico Henry, big fan of Rico Henry at Brentford. I think he would do an absolutely superb job at Newcastle United. So um, that would be my pick, even ahead of Teeny, to, to be fair. Uh, Taylor says, Teeny would be a great sign if we can keep him fit. An absolute battler needs an adjusted training schedule. Yeah, uh, Gary says, what about Sahar? Though wages may be too high, not for me. I think we've discussed that when he's a bit of a sulk and apparently he's been offered mega bucks to go over to Saudi Arabia. Um, and an interesting one here uh, for you, Aaron. Brian says, I'd love to see a bullet list of how these transfers work. So to him, it's Newcastle, speak to the other club, we'd like a player. Asked, they ask how much the other club, the selling club say 50 million. Newcastle say, oh, okay, can we discuss terms? And I mean, how does it work? I mean, I, I get what Brian's saying there, it's, it's, but it's not as simple as that, is it? Because Newcastle, as any club are, will always be looking for the best deal. So if someone, it's like in anything, if it's like buying a house. If someone says it's worth 250 grand, you're going to probably put in a cheeky bit of two, three, five, two, forty, just to see how the water lies on you. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, if Dan Asher has proved anything so far, is that he's very, very shrewd. I think, um, especially this summer, more than most, they'll be looking at, you know, save their pennies as much as they can. It, it can work in a lot of ways. I think Newcastle will have had a pool where they've, you know, they've looked at players, they've gone to these teams and said, right, we want to do a deal. 
and they've proven already they're not they're not scared to walk away when the price isn't right or a club won't sell or the player doesn't want to move. You've only got to look at the likes of Aston Villa and other clubs elsewhere that have already poached some free agents, um, the likes of Yuri Tielmans. Um, so, you know, that is another way that Newcastle United can go about their business. Or ultimately, as I, as I said earlier in the show, we've seen it with Alexander Rizak, you know, last summer. Newcastle really wanted him. They went to Solskjaer and said, name your price. They named it and they found it was too much. And then all of a sudden, when Callum Wilson is facing, you know, a serious injury, they suddenly decide that, OK, we're going to go out and do it. So, as I said, and Eddie Howe always says, you know, they've got a small pool of players that they're working from. And I'm sure Dan Ashworth is trying to, you know, spin many, many players this summer to try and get a few of them over the line. Last couple of questions then on transfers before we do look at the news of the day, which is fixtures. Darren says, would you go in for Ward-Prowse? Seems quiet around him at the moment. Now, I know I was a big, big advocate of Newcastle moving for Ward-Prowse, but people you speak to, say Southampton, are after something like 40 or 50 million for him, which is far too much when he is a great player, but he is 29, isn't he, in championship in the championship as well. I mean, that price will come down. How much would you pay for Ward-Prowse? I think you'd pay maybe 25, 30 million at most. And and even I then, are you, are you, what, what are you saying? Are you, I've you never pay? thought I'd say the day that you were downplaying James Ward Prowse in Castle. You know, not the, for the, 50 million. I mean, but the do you know, founder of fan club. Well, look, if it's, if it's, if it's Borella or Ward Prowse, you're going after Borella, aren't you? And, and, and it's just a question of, again, we talk about budgets and you're never paying 50 million for Ward Prowse, as good as he is with free kicks and as good as I think he is a player. It's way too much. And it, and I guess that kind of plays into the question that we've just answered there about how do these things work. Sometimes you do have to play the, the long game, the waiting game, because if Southampton still have Ward-Prowse on the books with two weeks left of the window to come, he'll probably be pushing for a move and the price will have to come down. So if they're asking £50 million now, you can easily see them, as you said with about Madison, the price will come down, you know, um, within maybe a month of the window opening or two weeks of it left? I guarantee you right now, James Ward-Prowse will not lead Southampton for £50 million. I That is 100% smoke and mirrors. There is no way relegated Southampton think that they can get £50 million for James Ward-Prowse. I can't. He's a fantastic player. He's brilliant from you know dead balls pieces. He's a leader. He's got experience. But yeah, I would not be touching it for anywhere, anywhere north of 25, 30 in a push. But even then... Taking a chunk out of what you know probably won't be a, a massive, massive budget at Newcastle United this summer. I think there's better options out there, but I've I've said that since since day one, despite your uh, your constant pleas. Well, it sounds like you've persuaded me against him. The final question, just on transfers. I mean, if you are watching live, keep them coming in, and we'll answer the best of them. Mark says, "Do you think we need a striker given Callum Wilson's injury record?" Now, for me, I do. I've said this for a long time. I felt Newcastle needed a striker in January. You know, Isaac and Wilson both had their, their problems. I think the best way you, you keep Wilson fit is by not playing him week in, week out, but he will want to play week in, week out. I also think Newcastle could do with another kind of striker, whether that's someone with a bit more pace or whether that's someone a bit taller who can hang in the air. I I, I don't know, but I, I do think Isaac and Wilson are very similar to one another, so maybe going out and getting another type of striker would be um, beneficial to Newcastle. I don't know. I don't know what you think, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously spoken about this on the pod and I know that you've been banging the drum for another striker for a while. For me, I would like to see a third-try striker come in, maybe a young player that can sort of learn off Wilson, eventually, you know, start a rival Isaac. 
but at the same time, I don't I don't think it's a huge priority at the minute. I think there's probably four or five other gaps elsewhere in the squad that I'd like to plug for that more like you know central midfield, a left back, maybe another centre back, maybe another right midfielder. But ultimately, I think yeah, if they can get you know an 18, 19, 20 year olds, you know, get them first team experience, you know, someone who's going to offer a bit of competition behind the scenes. I think I think that would be a smart move because we all we, we all know that Callum Wilson has only ever couple of games away from a, another hamstring injury. Yeah, fingers crossed though that those hamstring injuries are no more and um, he's on in, international duty with Kieran Trippier, with James Madison as well. So I'm sure social media is loving putting all the theories together on that one. Let's talk about then the fixtures. It is fixture release day and we know Newcastle United will be facing Aston Villa, the first game of the season at home. 5.30 kickoff. So do we assume that's been picked for, for Sky then? Honestly, I thought I thought Newcastle United had had, had all their TVs worth last season, and already the first game of the season they're back on the telly again. It's just they're just massive. Don't they say? know what they're doing to our live blog numbers? I Come know, on. honestly, I know. But yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Saturday at five thirty, it'll be a be a huge atmosphere. Hopefully, a few signings through the door. I'm already uh, I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, August the twelfth. Um, then we see Man City and Liverpool to round off August. So. On paper, it is a tough start. People are on social media saying it's a tough start. And then you do have Brighton and Brentford to go into mid-September. And again, like I say, on paper, yeah. But this is Newcastle United under Eddie Howe. This is a Newcastle United that don't fear anybody. And out of those teams they play, only one team finished above them. That was Manchester City, the champions. You know, there's nothing to fear. And I think Eddie Howe will be looking forward to the season beginning. Obviously, he'll want a few players in, but he'll not be looking at those opening, what, seven games I've got written down here with Sheffield United and Burnley finishing off September. I'm being worried because he'll borrow the old Joe Harvey mantra of let them worry about us. We don't want to be worrying about them. And Newcastle United, the way they play at home, you know, against Villa, they've got Liverpool, Brentford, Burnley at home. It's a forest. There's no reason you can't go out and pick pick out the majority of points from those home games. I, look, I'm not a fan of complaining about a tough run of fixtures because you've got to play teams anyway. So you might as well get on with it and, and just test yourself against the best. Absolutely. I think three or four years ago, you'd look at that fixture list and you'd look at the opening month and think, you know, they're probably only going to get a couple of points from it. I think now you're absolutely relishing it. I think the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City are going to really hate that, the fact that they've got this new and improved Newcastle so early in the season. Um, and I think, look, it's good to get maybe a bulk of, of tricky fixtures out the way. They'll be up for it at the start of the season. Other teams might not be up to speed. Um, and I think if you look at, you know, after Brighton on, on the 2nd of September, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, Burnley at home, West Ham away, Palace at home, Wolves away. That's six games up until November where you think Newcastle could realistically on that day beat any, any single one of them. So... Tricky opening four. I think that the, the six after that are, are are more winnable and manageable. But Eddie Howe has proven time and time again he, he thinks they can win every single game and, and they won't be scared of absolutely anybody. No, they won't. And you know, as much as people are hearing about playing, you know, City and Liverpool, let's not forget about the great job Emery's done at Villa from relegation fodder to to European football. And you look at Brentford, big fan of Thomas Frank. I think he's done a tremendous job there. Brighton, everyone's second team and. You could even look at Sheffield United. You know, Bramall Lane, I feel, is going to be a really tough place to go to. So, you know, you could argue every game is one to fear in a way. But equally, as you said, Eddie Howe 
it just looks at every game is is one Newcastle United can win. I think that's that's what you've got to take into these these runner fixtures. And there's a there's a different feeling, isn't there, and about about next season. You know, we're 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 looking forward to it. You've just said that you're already looking forward to that first game against Villa. Whereas usually, or under the old regime, you'd be looking at it and thinking, well, out of them first seven games, where where you know the three points. I mean. Villa's going to be tough. You would say, oh, man, City, Liverpool would probably get beat off there. But now I'm looking at it and thinking, well, there's no reason Newcastle couldn't go and get 21 points. I mean, yeah, it, because the way it works. But you know what I mean? I'm not feeling anyone on that list. Well, it won't now that you've just jinxed it. But, you know, it could happen. But I think for me, go back 12 months and they had Manchester City, you know, one of their first home games of the season. Last August, they drew 3-3. They played Liverpool at the very start of September. We all know what happened there. They should have taken at least a point from that game. They've been at the biggest sides last season and they've taken points off them. Manchester United, you know, they, they drew with and beat at home. Did the duel over Tottenham. Did the, you know, took four points off Chelsea, took points off Arsenal. You know, nobody in this league is is, is a team that should they should be fearing. And I think, personally... Having City away and Liverpool at home in the first month is going to be a really, really big acid test of you know how far Newcastle United can go this season. If they can get a you know a draw and a win out of those two games, the confidence that gives you at the very, very start of the season to go on, as we saw you know last season um, when they put together a really, really good run at the start of the season, you know it can be a real, real sort of springboard to to great things. And you've got. Champions League football, obviously, to throw into the mix. So you're looking at the match day one is September 19th to 20th. Yeah. Then match day two, 3rd to the 4th of October. Then uh, 24th, 25th of October for match day three. Yeah. Match day four, 78th of November. Match day five, 20th, 29th of November. Match day six, 12th to the 13th of December. So, you know, we, we talk about the transfer window. Eddie Howe's going to have to try and bring in players to build depth because they're going to be, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some big weeks coming up um, when you throw in those Champions League fixtures. Yeah, it, it's pretty much looking like, you know, more or less three games a week for that sort of two-month block from September to November. Um, going to be really, really tough. I mean, just looking at sort of one little block here in November, you've got Arsenal at home on the 4th of November, then you've got the Champions League, then you've got Bournemouth away in the Champions League. Later that month, you've got Chelsea at home, then Champions League, then Man United at home. It's going to be a really, really relentless run of fixtures. Um, but hey, you want that. You want that. That's what we. That's what Newcastle United fans want, isn't it? That's what you're going to have to deal with if you're going to be successful. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's nothing to feel daunted by. The one thing I would say about that, though, is that it really does reaffirm the need for them to strengthen that bench and get a lot of depth in there because there's going to be a lot of tired bodies in that group. You know, a lot of players in that team are, you know, can't stay fit all the time, Callum Wilson, you know, sort of being at the forefront of that. If they can add a really, really strong depth, so you've essentially nearly got two 11s, it's going to make that run of fixtures between September and Christmas, you know, a lot easier. Uh, well, it's interesting you mentioned that. Just, I just want to pick up the point you made there about really important they add to the bench. But, I mean, th- that's not Newcastle's priority, is it? You know, their, their, their priority is improving starting 11 I mean obviously building the depth is going to be important but they're, they're not thinking we're just going to go and buy a player who's going to sit on the bench and help improve and come off when need be you know it you know you know Barella for instance or Madison they're coming in to play in that starting 11. Yeah sorry I, I, sh- I should probably qualify what I meant in the sense that 
they need a strength and full stop, but I think they need a, a stronger bench. And I think if you bring someone like Barella in, it means that one of you know Longstaff or Willock's going to drop the bench, which instantly makes it stronger. I do think they do need a little bit more depth than behind anyway. I know they're going to go out and strengthen the first team, but I would like to see maybe a couple more bodies added just so that they've got a slightly bigger squad. Um, but yeah, just purely by improving that first team, they're going to make the bench stronger, which we saw towards the back end of last season anyway. The, the benches they were naming were you know, full of talent compared to this time 12 months ago. And you say long staff will it could drop out. They might just raise their game. You never exactly. know. You might have a £7 million new signing sitting on the bench. Exactly. That's what competition will bring. Uh, a few comments then to, to, to wrap up. Uh, only team to fear is Man City. Otherwise, we shouldn't fear anyone going in this new season, says Darren. Uh, Graham says, remember the last time we had Villa at, at home on the open day, 6-0. Andy Carroll, Hatrick, or did he get four maybe? Joey Barton, some brilliant delivery. He had a moustache that day, didn't he? And he shaved it <laughs> off. Um, he said he wouldn't shave it off until Newcastle won the Premier League and then they go and thump Villa. Um, we've got Jake saying, love the pod. Thank you very much, Jake. I live in Newcastle, Australia, which is why I support Newcastle and I've fallen mm. in love with the club. Nice to see um, viewers from the other side of the globe. Um, Graham says, fixtures are very good. Get City out of the way. Liverpool to home, you could argue the last season, Isaac second goal should have stood uh, and they were better yet. Newcastle were better against Liverpool with 10 men in the week before the cup, which saw Nick Pope get sent off. Um, loads of people just kind of yeah, not fearing these fixtures, which is great to see. Uh, Brian says, do you think they will look at Atechie again? No, I think he's burnt his bridges and his attitude at PSG hasn't been great, so I can't see them going back in for that one. Um, Graham talking about the Coventry striker. So much to learn from Wilson Isaac. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, uh, Greikers, isn't it? He's the kind of player I could see kind of coming in. Different sort of player, tall, still got a bit of speed about him. He's the kind of player I could see coming in, but it's going to probably cost 25 million or so on that. Jake says, Isaac in the squad has improved Wilson. Cabrera improved Bruno in a similar manner. Certainly would up the competition. Um, I mean, that's a scary thought. Bruno and Barella in the same midfielders and Aaron. I mean, that's the kind of elite that we're dealing with now at Newcastle. I mean, that is that is exciting. Uh, Darren says, the pundits all expecting Liverpool and Chelsea to be in the back in the top four this season with City and United. With Newcastle outside of the top four, hopefully ourselves and Villa can break this up. Yeah, again, don't forget Villa coming out on the outside. And an interesting one here, which I'll leave you with, Aaron. Andrew says he would like to see Mitro back at Newcastle United. But of course, Mitchell wouldn't be third choice. Someone's qualified it by saying with Champions League and Cup games, plenty of games for strikers. I mean, Mitchell can't see him back in the black and white of Newcastle, can you? I can't see it, but personally, I would absolutely love it. I think, I mean, I, I never wanted to leave him in the first place. I loved him when he was here the first time. I think he's grown now, um, even though he has just served an eight-game ban for, for what he did at the ref. But I think he's a different player this time. I agree. I don't think he, he definitely wouldn't want to come and be third choice. But I think... For whatever reason, if Callum Wilson was to leave, a Mitro-Izak partnership, I could see that. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Trul says hello to Andrew and Aaron. How are we doing, Trul's Nice to see you back in the chat. Boxing day, Aaron, at home to Forest. I mean, no Newcastle United fans, look, that'll probably get changed to a 27th if TV companies have their way. But nice to have a home game um, on Boxing Day, Newcastle fans not having to travel. Oh, honestly, it just feels like for the last 10 years, they've had to go go away on, on Boxing Day. So, yeah, 
very, very good to have a, a home game straight after Christmas. No one driving down on a hangover. Um, yeah, that Forest game will be fantastic. Boxing Day, if it doesn't get moved. And then obviously Liverpool the day before New Year's Eve, before a, a little two-week winter break as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah, as we said there, a tough start on Peter off Newcastle United in the 2023-24 campaign, but nothing to fear Newcastle United have shown they can mix it with the very best. And with the additions to come in the January transfer, January transfer, I'm already getting ahead of myself, the additions to come in the summer transfer window, that squad's only going to improve. So head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news, including our dedicated transfer live blog. We have our WhatsApp group as well, Aaron. Just plug that. What is that all about? Yeah, so we, we've started a brand new WhatsApp group um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's basically a place where you can get all the latest Newcastle United news, transfer or otherwise, straight to your phone. Um, we've got a sign-up link that is on the top of our Twitter page if you want to go there. One click and you signed up, and as I say, you get the uh, the latest news straight to your mobile phone about three or four times a day as well. Yeah, I'll put the link into the comments. You just click that, as Aaron says, and you'll be added to the group. We don't bombard you. It is only the best news that we bring you, as Aaron says, three or four times a day, a couple of videos as well, maybe um, to come as well. So hit that. Plenty of people in there. It's um, a really uh, good way to get your Newcastle United news. And we've got an end-of-season survey as well for you guys to fill in. We'll be hosting a special podcast next week with some uh, well-known Newcastle United fans to get their thoughts via the service watch out for that but for myself and Aaron I hope you've enjoyed this additional everything is black and white podcast episode please remember to like and follow the podcast for your podcast provider or hit subscribe on YouTube and for myself and Aaron barring any breaking news later this week we'll see you again on Monday is that right Aaron yeah look Monday's at that Monday two Monday shows in a row on a Monday what is happening but we'll see you very soon mm-hmm.